quoth the raven. Nevermore. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door, quoth the raven. Nevermore. Why, you little... Uh oh And the raven, ever flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallet bust of Pallas just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. <laughs>we are just another movie night i am scott and i'm joe and this is before and after reviews except without the before because we're doing something a little different we are well let's face facts we we don't have the three and a half hours before i uh, have to go to sleep to get up early in the mornings to go see uh martin scorsese's new film uh with leonardo DiCaprio, which is three and a half hours long so we're not going to go to the movies that's the movie we would have seen regularly yeah we'll have to catch that on a matinee yeah i mean i i would love to have uh cut out some time for that but yeah i have to work <laughs> and, and i have to sleep i also have to work and sleep <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's no time for that so we're gonna do something else we're gonna talk about something we really enjoyed and wanted to talk about a little bit which is the new mike flanagan television show on netflix the fall of the house of usher which is also ending an era of Mike Flanagan working for Netflix. This is his last hurrah. This makes Netflix. me sad when I hear that because I want him to just do one show after the next. Yeah, he, he's done five shows now. Uh, one movie with Netflix. Um, it's been a killer run, and I'm shocked to see him go from it. I am hoping... And a little nervous because I know that the man really wants to make the Dark Tower television show. Mm -hmm. And I know that he, I believe, has bought the rights. Yeah. And if that's what he's going to go do at Amazon, I'm excited. But I know a lot of people give this guy shit. The guy has done the best Stephen King adaptations. Him and Frank Darabont mm -hmm. are like the kings of doing Stephen King. Agree. Uh, yeah, he did a Gerald's Game for uh, Netflix, which is a Stephen King story. Mm -hmm. He also did Doctor Sleep, which was a movie. Mm -hmm. And they both rock. They really do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I like Doctor Sleep more. I think that the fact that he was able to pull that movie off is a testament to how great of a director and a writer he is. That's just me. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the show. Uh, the, uh, there's so much to talk about here, I, I, I think. This is, um, this show, you would think automatically that he's just going to um, 
basically do his interpretation of the, the Edgar Allan Poe story mm-hmm. or poem, The Fall of the House of Usher. Where I think it's a short story, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, he, But instead, very creatively, the show did numerous Edgar Allan Poe works in one show. Yeah, and, in fact, all of the um, episodes are titled... Yes, they are titled after the themes. Yeah. But uh, he... His, this is just some of the story, the things that he brought together doing the show. I wrote a little bit of a list here. The show incorporates short stories, The Fall of the House, House of Usher, of course, Pit and the Pendulum, The Mask of the Red Death, The uh, the Murderers in the Rue Morgue, mm-hmm. The Black Cat, The Telltale Heart, The Gold Bug, Never Bet the Devil Your Head, and poems like Annabelle Lee, City in the Sea, The Raven, Lenore, and Tamerlane. Lane. And also his only novel, which is the narrative of Arthur Arthur Gordon Pym at of Nantucket, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a really cool thing because that's it's like you can go after watching the show and you're interested in what the characters might be talking about. You can actually go read that, and it might give you backstory to a character, which is very cool. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's only eight episodes. He um, took uh, directing duties. He did half of the, the eight episodes. He did four episodes, Mike Flanagan. He uh, finally teamed up with his longtime cinematographer and director of photography since Oculus, uh, Michael. Oh, I'm gonna pron- I'm gonna try to pronounce this. Uh, Fiminari. Feminari? Feminori? <laughs> I'm going to try it really I'm not hard. even going to try it. Um, yeah, so they teamed up. They did half and half. Um, very, like, seamless, mm-hmm. I think, the the episodes they both shared directing. I felt like it was seamless. Like, it feels like both directors could have been one and the same. And that can show you how much this partnership was... Very important to all of his movies that he's been working with, this partnership, which is really neat. Mm-hmm. And the shows that he's done. Yeah, I he happened to have directed my um my favorite episode of this show. So I was which one? Which director? Mike Flanagan. Oh, okay. Yeah. He direct okay. Um yeah, he, the writing um too is interesting too. Um he he's got his brother. He's a, lo- a longtime collaborator with his brother, mm-hmm. uh Jamie Flanagan. Um, there's other writers like Rebecca um, Klingel. I'm, I'm so bad with names. You should take over the name duty. Uh, Danny Parker. And oddly enough, Kylie Sanchez, who we know as Nikki on Lost. That's no odd. Way. Yeah, you know, the Nikki and Paolo episodes oh, of yeah. Lost. Very strange episodes. Um, wow. Yeah, some reason she worked on this with them. Uh, some kind of... Um, co-writer or um tell like teleplay i couldn't tell what episode in particular she was in charge of but it does say one but then it says all which was very confusing to me hmm, okay but uh, that was interesting i thought yeah this is um i don't know this is such a creative interesting show that it's kind of like so much to talk about I think that's like the hardest thing about this. Are, are we going to do spoilers for people who have No, no spoilers. Okay. There's no need to, I think. No. I think there's a, an easier way. We don't have to give anything okay, away. Okay, I have to tell my friend because she, she wasn't going to listen to this today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I want to watch the show. 
So I'll tell her we're not going to do spoilers. Yeah, tell her I'm sorry for butchering all those names. Uh, I'm <laughs> so bad at it. Now, uh, one thing to get out of the way, because this is a big deal. This had a controversy behind the scenes because originally Frank Langello was hired to play Usher, the oh. main character. Oh, okay. And he was fired off the show because of sexual harassment charges. Yeah. He, apparently so he was, he was telling Roderick. Yes, he was okay. playing the lead character. The show's revolving around, and he, apparently he was making uh, jokes that were sexual in nature, and it freaked out people on the set. And how weird of uh, the actor's career! He's doing the fall of the House of Usher, and an actor's career tumbled during mm-hmm. the making. It's kind of it's kind of weird. That's kind of it's, a strange, it, yeah. yeah. Um, so a last minute. They had already started filming. They had to scrap off his scenes and get a new actor to come in. And they replaced him last minute with Bruce Greenwood. He's great. Who's worked with Flanagan before in Gerald's Game, mm-hmm. um, Dr. Sleep. So he's already had a relationship, a working relationship with him. But mm-hmm. he had to come in last minute and redo scenes. Well, I can tell you he nailed it. Now, I was wa- I was wondering... Was CG involved? But I heard no. I heard that they had a meltdown. They basically made all these actors do these scenes again. Wow. And I don't know the intensity to that, how much was done. But I can imagine that caused some tension. But maybe for the better, which is odd to say, because I feel like the actors have a already like a need to be on edge or going a little crazy the characters in the show so that might have helped it push them in that direction of being a little more out of control yeah i get it i wonder how much was filmed i wonder if this was like an eric stoltz michael j fox replacement type of thing back to the future they they gave him the boot like after he had already filmed some scenes and you already can you can actually find those scenes of eric stoltz which is crazy they did a lot of stuff you can find that crap on youtube i wonder how much was here because i keep thinking about scenes in this movie the show and thinking wow what was what did they make these people do again you know because there's a lot of intense moments oh my god this whole show had me just I mean, I was completely captivated yeah. throughout the show. And I can totally say that with, like, 1,000% certainty that it was Carla Gugino who, like, just, she just kept me in it. Like, I mean, she just kept me completely, like, mystified. She was so great in this. I think, I mean, uh, if we're, I, w- I guess, I don't know. Do you want to start talking about the cons and then get into those positives or just do positives? I mean, I I love this show. Yeah. I mean, I, I can just talk about the good stuff. I mean, for me, if you want to do cons first. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's easier to get out of the way. Because okay. Well, it's going to be easy for me. This will be funny because I wrote down six cons. Oh, okay. I, my list is shorter. Okay. okay. Oh, you actually wrote them down. Um, and I didn't write them down. Okay, They're in my them. brain cells. So I have them. <laughs> but um, yeah, go ahead. You go well, first. Let's just start with... Uh, a couple. I mean, th- this is very. Uh, this is these are very weak. These cons, but okay. I, I think they're easy to talk about. All right. So my number one that I wrote down was, and not in order or anything like that. But the first one I wrote down was, 
at times in the show, especially during the flashbacks to the 80s, the characters will talk completely out of time period. Um, they say things like baller and fuck, marry, kill mm-hmm. in the 80s. Yeah, I don't think that was like Yeah, um, baller basic was definitely not around yet. I mean, do we know for sure? I mean, that's someone... a 2000s. That's a late 2000s I mean, rapper. Weren't basketball players saying, "Hey, you know, like how they would they they would say baller like you're you're a baller like in a different sense, you They know? wouldn't use it as slang. Not like not, a not a not a guy coked up saying, "You're a real baller." Okay. No, not like that. You're I don't. Right. I, don't I just would. don't think it felt really out of era. Like, yeah, to me. A and bit. also, fuck Mary Kill. I don't know how long that's been going around, but I had I had never heard of that until later when I was a kid. Okay, well, that's stuff that I kind of was like, you know, it didn't bother me. I don't me. think it's around, but it was odd. It just felt out of place for mm-hmm. certain characters to say that in the time that they were. I I don't know. That was it's very weak, like I said, but there are some incidences like that seems strange. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of removing you a little bit from the uh, time period. That's all I felt. And you know, I could be wrong. Those could be things that people said back then. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. So, um, two. Oh, my my second one here is now because they had to replace Franklin Jello with Bruce Greenwood. I, I wonder how fast that they have to do this change. But it is very obvious that he is very close in age to one of his sons (laughs) and i had to look it up that he is 15 years older than henry thomas well maybe he was a busy teenager you know i'm just saying (laughs) well we see the character young so it doesn't really click but (laughs) yeah 15 years younger and i would say that bruce greenwood looks amazing I think he looks great. He does not look like an older man. No, I think he's handsome. I he's think he's just yeah. He's great. Uh the next one was that the series and I can this can be and this is not a drawback for me, but I can see this bothering a shitload of people. And I'm gonna put it out there right now. The show can be preachy. In the sense that it's going out of its way to say, yes, we have an agenda. We have a, pol- a political viewpoint, and we're going to point it out a lot. And not only are there pictures shown, there's also quotes. And then the ending can get a little over the head, your head with beating you to the idea that money's bad and all that kind of stuff. And, and society is fucked up. And some people do not like that. Some people feel like they're getting tricked in. Mm-hmm. I get it, and I can see why that would bother some people. Some people don't want stuff like that pushed into everything they watch, and I get that. There is definitely a place, but I also think there is a place when the whole point is the fall of a rich house mm-hmm. or the crumbling of somebody in high society. That's the point. So you're already going in, and that's the ideal, and you know the ideas behind the story in the first place. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be shocked, but I want to put it out there that that can be seen as a huge con for a lot of people. Okay, political stuff, I get it. Political and right now political. Mm-hmm. Like, they went out of their way yeah. a bunch of times. They did. I will agree with that. I will also say that at times, some of the characters feel a little rushed through. 
especially in the last couple episodes. One, a couple of the characters in particular feel like they just or like rush through. Uh, I feel like in the first, the last two, a bunch of characters are pushed into those episodes. There's like six or five, epi- you know, five characters in particular who are all explored, mm-hmm. which is every episode leading up uh, to those last two, which is six episodes. Like five of those episodes are dedicated to a character virtually. There's other stuff going on in the backgrounds, but one theme. Yeah. And those last two episodes have multiple things to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I actually, this is one of those rare times that I would have been okay with 10 episodes. You know, I would have been okay with that kind of stuff. But I get it. You know, I don't know if they were pressed for time because of the reshoots. I don't know if there was more to it. Um, backing off of less, like, character quieter moments this has a lot to do a lot to you know get through quickly so i can see that is a little bit of a flaw but i mean yeah that kind of goes into one of mine too so yeah i get it can you add to it then okay yeah well um i felt that a lot of the characters the the unseen characters weren't fleshed out enough um what i mean by that is that you know they're without spoiling anything there's multiple mothers um, of this, these children. Yeah, that and would have been interesting to get I would of. really like to know a little bit about what happens. We get a lot of what happened with one mother, but like... And know, not enough, too, Not enough, but we get... You know, they show her a lot. Um, but there are other mothers. You know, he has six children. They are all from different mothers except for two. Um, and I feel as though we should have gotten a little bit more on that because it's hard to look at this man look at the children and then know that they obviously have like, um, you know, a mother of different ethnicity and like, how would his children look like this? Yeah. Um, unless there was, maybe they were, one of them was adopted or something like that. There was just, there's not enough fleshing out of the mothers and how the children became his children. Like, were they born from the mothers or were they adopted? They definitely him? are born. We, we have that definitely told to us. But okay. I would say that I do understand what you're saying. And I wonder how much of that goes to maybe its own kind of con that Flanagan has a group of people that he works with. He has used every single person in this show multiple times each. He uh, That's the one of the things I like. And I wish that the this like four shows that he did on here in in particular are mm-hmm. kind of all based around a house you know they mm-hmm. all have a theme to it yes you know, like, well not actually just three of them i believe yeah. midnight mass doesn't really do that no but like the haunting of by manor and the um, the, um haunting of hill house yeah. and this and i would say that even maybe the midnight club which we didn't get to watch uh, we only watched one episode. We should have went back, but we never did. It didn't grab us in the first one, but that's another con. But I will say that uh, I'll get to that in a minute. But I will say, going to your point, yeah, I think some of the characters maybe were picked, picked because he has a core group. Yeah, and I understand, but I mean, and he writes a, for these specific actors. You can tell. Yeah, of course he does. He does. But um, I'm just saying, like, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, oh, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, and I'll say. What oh I'm no, saying. I was gonna say like characters like um, you know, like Leo, Usher, um, Perry, and uh, Vic. 
Usher. Like you can tell though there are different different ethnicities. Well, they showed their moms know? and but yeah, I would I I agree with you. But I mean, we need a little bit more, you know. It like, would have been interesting and that goes to the 10 episode thing. It would have been interesting to right. have more flashbacks or more a, a, explore, you know, exploring them. Yeah, because we can we hands down get more on Frederick Usher and Tamerlane Usher than we do on the other ones. Like I need to know a little bit more like even even if um Camille like, you know, we didn't even see her mom. So, yeah. you know, I mean, she looks like she could be related to Roderick Usher, but... They gave a little bit of a background to it, but yes. They told, talked about it very small, but yes, yeah. it's in there. It's a little bit, but I, it, I just need more. It would also go to the emotional aspect. If they had a little more time, they could have spent a little more emotional uh, to each thing, mm-hmm. to each episode. Uh, and the tolls to those types of things that happen in each episode, mm-hmm. that could have also been a like a, a definitely done. And I think it, what I was about to say was, uh, I always thought that this series, all these shows, these mini series that he did, should have been under the house, like Mike Flanagan's houses or mm-hmm. whatever, like that, or, or like a, a show title, and each season was its own thing. Like uh, a bunch of other shows have tried to do. I think American Horror, Horror Story does that now, right? Yeah. Where each season is its own theme. Yes. So it would have been interesting because what I like about it is I think American Horror Story does this as well, is that they have the same cast, and they kind of change up the cast members into different characters. I, Each season? Well, I mean, this time they decided to do the House of Kardashian. Well, no, so she's in I'm there. Like, why are we? I think that the some of the other actors are his norms. I, I or don't that know. person's like no I think that's why I was saying about Flanagan is that each season seems to be the same cast, but changed up to a new theme. I mean, yeah, I guess. I'm side note, we don't watch American Horror we Story. We don't I, I was just talking all. I know that a lot of the actors um I know there's a couple big actresses that are always in the seasons. I really don't know. I you mean, know. I just knew that Lady Gaga was in it. And, um, you know, I get a lot of crap from people, like, gasping, like, you're a horror fan and you don't watch American Horror Story? What's wrong with you? We definitely tried, people. We tried. We okay? tried. We tried and I just could not do it. The second season in particular, I, I wanted to watch the first, but we started with the second. And uh, it was just too much. And it was very MTV feeling. Yeah, and it, now it that like, they have uh, reality stars on it, Singer Maroon Five was in there, and an insane yeah. song getting killed. I, I, I just, yeah. I was like, this feels I'm weird. Like, no, I'm not doing it. But I, I have heard there are good things about it, so I, I definitely would love to definitely watch the first season because the first season is really good. But I don't know if the other ones are any better or whatnot. Um, but yeah, um, going on, I think I was just about to say another con. Um, is a is a problem with Flanagan shows in particular, or Flanagan. Maybe all of his work, they have very, um, very set up openings. The first episodes of all the shows are very set up. They have a they have a thing to do introducing characters, but what happens is those first episodes get a little dull. Yeah, and I I would say that again with almost all the shows, the second episode is the one that hooks you. I will definitely say that. That yeah. is for, for sure. The first one, we were both, we weren't like, eh. And yeah. then we watched the second one, and we were like, holy shit. Yeah. I can't wait to watch more. Yes. Uh, I think that happened to all of them. I know a lot of people who watch Blind Manor and had a problem with it. The first few episodes were slow. Mm-hmm. But if you stick with it, it is the hugest payoff. Yeah, it's Every really episode great. got better and better. And the last half of that, sh- that miniseries were 
amazing. Yeah, I want to go back and watch it again because yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Really like that. We have another con. One more, I think. I I wrote um, um, something that breaks moments. Is this odd choice of putting Netflix references, where a character in the show actually goes on puts on Netflix and they pass by Gerald's game. Oh, okay. That was a little gratuitous. A little yeah. gratuitous, especially since Mike Flanagan himself is on television at one part. Yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a little bit much. <laughs> it's a little too much yeah. sometimes. I get the Alfred Hitchcock one. But to put Netflix in your Netflix show, mm-hmm. it only works when you're mocking it like Black Mirror does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So... Okay, yeah, I understand that. that I you, thought that was a little goofy too. Yeah, it was a little. It's a little moment breaking. Yeah, yeah. So, um, did I you can, have more? I do. Well, um, we already talked about my not fleshing out of the mothers. That was bothersome. But um, I will say that um, there's something that bothered me in the show that I, I understand that this is not everybody else's reality this is the usher's reality Mm -hmm. this is the life that they're living however during a there's a crime scene okay where there is you know possibly evidence fingerprints shoe prints whatever and the police just allow their lawyer played by mark hamill to go in there and just rough everything up, take evidence out, you know, uh, trample the, the crime scene, put his fingers all over everything. They let him go in there before they took the goddamn bodies out of the place, you know? And it's like, okay, first of all, that does not happen in real life. I don't care who you are. You think that, but you know that's not true. These people. There's so much contamination of crime scenes, you especially don't, from just, the rich. First of all, a lawyer is allowed to go into a crime scene before the police? So I they, don't think so. There's multiple references to that happening about, I don't know who you know. I don't know how they're letting you do this. There's no way you're going to allow. And then they call and they say, you have to do this. I mean, it's, it's a, about basically but, them having stuff on people higher up. Okay, that's so fine, I, but they I don't reference it. that. They should actually they did. tell us. They that... basically said that they called somebody, and then they said that. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain something later on. I, I off uh, off tape. I'm gonna t- explain something to you that you completely are not looking at and forgetting about a little bit because a lot of characters in the show talk about how the ushers are untouchable, and it's like you're Teflon. You can't. Nobody. Nothing. Everything bounces off of you. It does get explained. I get that, and I do remember them explaining it. However, I still think it's a. This is just my opinion. I think it's no, a I, bit ridiculous. I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you later. It's on a bit a ridiculous. Bit. It, That's it's just one of my things that I found. We wrong do. With it. We definitely look. <laughs> I'm not to get political, but there are some people in politics right now getting away with tons of crimes. Oh, I understand so that. I it's, do. It's like when you have dirt and you have money and you have all this stuff, things definitely go in a different direction we definitely know that people are uh you know people white collar workers you know blue collar workers or whatever uh are going to jail for possession of marijuana you know then it's know. just ridiculous but the rich hardly go to jail oh, I know. and they get out in a month i know the, so, ri- the rich are above everybody but i'm just saying like i just think it's a it's little bit con- extra letting the the lawyer go in and contaminate all the evidence i think I mean, it definitely goes to the theme and i think it definitely gets explained 
But yes, I, I get it. Yeah, it could be it, a little bit of a shock to whatever. When a person's watching it, they'll be like, yeah. what the fuck? But I even mean, the characters, the cops are saying the same thing that you're saying. It's done on purpose. I know. It gets explained, and I understand that. And, I'm, you know, I, I get it. I, I know it gets explained. It's just annoying to me. It's annoying to me when I'm watching the show because I'm like, come on. You know, like, come on now. But you're supposed to be feeling just like that cop who's trying to stop it. Yeah, I, and I, I and they're do. Like, I do. Who the fuck do you know? Like who? Who are Who's you? Who's allowing you to do this? Yeah, yeah. Like I, that's that's the that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then my one other thing that I had um, a problem with—not even a problem. It 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 was just I guess it's just how it is. But hmm. I really just thought that the amount of you know being completely emotionally removed from your own children, I, I feel like that was just. I mean beyond diabolical yeah. like at some point it made me feel like Roderick Usher was the devil because he just he was complete he completely un, had no feelings towards any of his children at all it was just bonkers to me bonkers and yeah. i don't care like if yeah. they're bastards or whatever they are but bottom line try not to get too spoiler here but no yeah, i'm just I, saying it's just have some freaking feelings you know it's like something yeah i kind of try to say that a little bit ago while we were talking about um, the need for a couple more episodes maybe. And I was saying that there could have been an emotional attachment aspect to it a little bit and mm-hmm. of uh, showing you emotional toll. Yeah. A little bit more could have been done mm-hmm. to at least go here. But I think this all wraps up really well in the last episode because there's a lot of things explained in the last episode that will make you go, oh, Okay. But, yeah, I mean, I do agree with you. There is a huge... The plot likes to jump forward. Yeah. And I think that's where I was definitely saying press for time feeling. There are there are mm-hmm. aspects that feel press for time. That is definitely something that would have been better to have a little bit more episodes to deal with that. But I will admit, there are a lot of people who do not like that time saving. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who hate... What wasting time? They want to get through things. Yeah, and I'm I'm for those uh those small moments, those moments of quiet, of reflection, or just of character, just their acting in their face. And I could have used more of that here. Uh, I would say that Bly Manor and Midnight Mass and the uh, Haunting of Hill House on the lesser. I think definitely Bly Manor and Midnight Mass do this wonderfully. Mm-hmm. They took their time. It's about those moments. And it's about like those character moments. Yes, I like character moments. I I, de- I heard uh, as a clip of um, um, Mike Flanagan's wife, who's an actress on the show. Yes, yeah, doesn't uh, she play Camille? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, um, Siegel or what is it? I I don't want to butcher the name there, but uh, uh yeah, Kate yeah, Siegel. Kate Siegel. She said that her husband's um idea here was to do giallo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard this before, but he said that, uh, she said she didn't know what that was before. She had never heard of the term. Oh, wow. And she says it's like Suspiria. He wanted to make a gothic, more Italian horror vibe that he had done before in his other shows. Mm-hmm. He, he said a lot of the other shows really went for the monologues. A lot of people get turned off. It's actually become a mocking point for Flanagan to have those monologues. I would say they're still here and they're fantastic. But a lot of it has to do with the poetry. 
aspect of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But yes, I, I I think that's fascinating to hear that she's saying that he was trying to go for more for Giallo. It kind of that kind than, of like gets me. Like I I yeah, love I love that. It makes it definitely more interesting to see through that view, viewpoint because. I guess we're getting to our pros now with that point because mm-hmm. I, I, I for pros I just wrote everything else. That's so funny because I feel the same way. Yeah, but I I really want to say that the acting is superb. Yeah, Carla Gugino being on screen anytime, any moment that that woman is on screen, I am completely captivated, and I I just love everything about her and I love everything she's doing in this. Yeah, she she is incredible yeah. she she's doing stuff in here that's fantastic they gave her so much and she's gotta be a huge muse to him because every show she's been stellar yeah it's, she's it's always been amazing we've always known she was a great actress mm-hmm. but she has never really been used properly right but watching every show she's done with them it's yeah. it just comes out so heavy. It's just a winning combo, the two of them. It's just yeah. been winning. She is fantastic. There, there's an episode in particular. I think it's episode three. It, there's some acting level that floored me, just shocked me. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, she's doing so much. Yeah, and we're talking about monologues. Oh my god. She has so many great monologues in this, though. She has moments. So many. And, and the funniest part is you don't have to wait long because the second episode mm-hmm. gives you a monologue moment. This moment between two characters just talking, and it's just very simple. Who are you? I know everybody here. I chose this guest list very carefully, and I have no idea who you are. You can take off your mask, Prospero. You know my name? I know everyone here. It's my kind of party. It's yours too, isn't it? You like it? I do. Mm, the music, the lights, the beautiful flesh. So pretty and soft. But the smells of it. <sighs> All that sweat, the perfumes, the lotions, the musk, sex, yes, but with a dash of Rome. Tell me, and don't lie, is it everything you wanted it to be? Not yet. Almost. Nearly realized is the sweetest. It's better, I promise. In the moment just before and in the moment after. That is the truth of this world. But you did it. And it's everything you imagined. And there's still time. To what? To stop it. (laughs) Things like this, all things in fact, have consequences. But man, it just hammers a feeling, a vibe, mm-hmm. and the music, and the, the way it's shot, and the how she's using body language. Okay, you're talking stellar. about the Mask of the Red Death episode? Yes. That's Okay, that's episode number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, episode two. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, there's, and again, monologues. 
You know, they, I know that they were saying they wanted to back off because that's become a, like a cliche with Flanagan that he has really good monologues. He gives these these actors an entire page mm-hmm. of dialogue to read in one shot takes. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Though. It's, it's amazing. He, it's, it's in, incredible. And, uh, she hasn't great. Yeah. I will also point out that so does Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood if this was an accidental casting, he's fantastic. I would say maybe a little more on the emotional side. Now, uh, the actor who is playing him younger in the show, I feel like they casted him because maybe he looks a little more like Frank Langello. Because think he so? has a, a certain kind of eye structure than Bruce Greenwood does. Um, they both have bigger eyes. Bruce Greenwood has smaller eyes. He's very. And he's also. An actor who has a certain style mm-hmm. of acting. Uh, Franklin Jello is intense. Bruce Greenwood yeah. brings more of a boyish charm to his yeah, characters. Yeah, he does, and he emanates that like that rich asshole. Well, that's thing. I, that's what I found interesting here. This might have been a, a really great accidental casting because I feel like he brings not only the boyish charm that could lure people into whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. But he also can turn the switch and be that rich asshole. When he screams in the show, it's fantastic. Yeah. And now I'm going to point out that he also has a monologue that is very early on in the show. And it is killer. And it is one of those moments that just listening to the dialogue, just having the dialogue brought to you, the way that he is using his body as well. Mm-hmm. It's incredible, and it definitely sets the tone each episode getting better and better and better. Life hands you lemons. Make lemonade. No. First you roll out a multimedia campaign to convince people lemons are in incredibly scarce, which only works if you stockpile lemons, control the supply, then a a media blitz. Lemons are the only way to say I love you, the must-have accessory for engagements or anniversaries. Roses are out, lemons are in, billboards that say she won't have sex with you unless you've got lemons. You cut the beers in on it, limited edition lemon bracelets, yellow diamonds called lemon drops. You get Apple to call their new operating system OS Lemon little accent over the O, you charge 40% more for organic lemons, 50% more for conflict-free lemons, you pack the capital with lemon lobbyists, you get a Kardashian to suck a lemon wedge in a leaked sex tape. Timothy Chalamet wears lemon shoes at Cannes. Get a hashtag campaign. Something isn't cool or tight or awesome. No, it's lemon. Did you see that movie? Did you go to that concert? It was effing lemon. Billie Eilish, OMG, hashtag, lemon. You get Dr. Oz to recommend four lemons a day and a lemon suppository supplement to get rid of toxins because there's nothing scarier than toxins. Then you patent the seeds. You write a line of genetic code that makes lemons look just a little more like tits and you get a gene patent for the tit lemon DNA sequence. You cross-pollinate. You get those seeds circulating in the wild. 
and then you sue the farmers for copyright infringement when that genetic code shows up on their land. Sit back, rake in the millions, and then when you're done, and you've sold your empire for a few billion dollars then, and only then, you make some fucking lemonade. Yeah, I it's I agree with that. I mean, I I think everyone in this this is like an ensemble. This oh, is a great yeah. this is a great cast. Everybody it, brings something to the table. They really do. But no, I'm sorry. I there's nobody that outshines Carla Cugino in this. I'm she's so beautiful and amazing and she's she's just the way her presence is on screen. It's just it captivates you. It's it's like looking at Amelia Clark when she's dressed as Khaleesi. Mm -hmm. Looking, I hate to say, and I'm not trying to be mean, but looking at Amelia Clark and, you know, being Amelia Clark, she doesn't have the same presence that Khaleesi does, yeah. you know? Um, Carla Gugino is beautiful. And, and she gets to do what I would say is multiple parts, which is oh, really yeah. great. She gets to do characters. Yep. Which is watching her range. And it's great. Yep. Every time it flips, every time it goes to a new thing... It's like a whole nother person, but mm -hmm. you know it's that actress, and I love that. They're yeah. not really trying to hide it's her, but it just feels like a new person. Yeah. And it, it, it does work really well. It, she does it. She just kills it. Yeah. She kills it. It's awesome. Do you want to do our um, ratings of the episodes? Um. Yeah, I just, I, I guess more, a couple more pros. I just want to say that the directing, again, is flawless. I, I didn't oh, catch yeah. his signature one-take panning shots, although there is a spinning... A shot in the end that looked like a one take mm -hmm. where they might have used uh, um, multiple people in the background to keep moving things around. Um, that's great. I will also point out, I have to guess we should say this. People are, I, might be expecting horror. Like, a, like, a, and, well, and yes, it really because, depends on what you, your interpretation of horror well, is. Well, his past, you know, his, his past movies have been a lot of visuals where there's like, you know, dead bodies and yeah, people I'm, swinging from the chandelier or hanging there and things like that um it's here it's here too it's definitely here but i would say that this might be less of the scare for some people because a lot of people have uh, these different interpretations of what scares them yes and there are a couple jump scares here back when edgar Allan poe was writing this stuff this kind of stuff was horror mm -hmm. this creep people out this scared people oh, these yeah. were poems and stuff that just gave people weird feelings and it, it it it's the vibe of it now does that kind of translate into what people see as hard now no because kids are growing up they they have their own new versions of everything yeah. and all the things that scared us when we were young now kids they're laugh laughing. at yeah they so laugh at that it, it definitely things build mm -hmm. but what i love about this was it's trying to blend in those different genres like trying to do that gothic horror of Poe mm -hmm. mixing it in with that giallo feel um and then going for that political shows of not even political shows but shows like succession mm -hmm. going for that merged in with those with some horror with some gore 
Oh yeah, there's and, gore in this. And, and I can promise you that. You want to see gore? There's some fantastic gore, and I actually think <laughs> yeah. some great jumps again. Yeah, there's some jump scares. Like I said, there's some jump scares. Uh, I will say that nothing has gotten me like the haunting whole house backseat jump. Oh, forget it. it yeah. That's fen- yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, there's nothing. That's a that's, class act in yeah. jump scares. I yeah. literally jumped out of my skin. When oh, I, I jumped it. off my out of the seat. And yeah. It was one of the rare times I've ever done something like that. Yeah. It yeah. actually really got me, and that's because. When you set up a character or you set up a moment where you feel safe and that's when you do it. Yes. That's how it's, you get it. He's really he, great at that. He's nailing that. Yes. It, I I will just have to say real fast that Flanagan is, to me, when people ask about what is the new horror director, who's the new horror director that you um, think is killing it, it's, it's him. It's Mike Flanagan. And you know what? I wish, I wish to God they gave him the Exorcist. I wish they gave him the Exorcist and I wish they gave him the new Twilight Zone because I know that he would do great things if he had the Twilight Zone. I knew it. I know he would. I love that show. It is a classic. It is like one of my favorite shows pretty much ever. It's actually probably one of my, I think it's my second favorite show of all time. And I feel like if they were going to do this, you know, Jordan Peele's great, whatever. But I, I, we only watched two episodes and we were done because I just couldn't. Well, take uh, Jordan it. Peele really wasn't writing it. He was just no, hosting he it. Was he was hosting doing the rock he, But he also had a hand in bringing it, you know, to fruition. I heard. So, I, but if I'm just saying, if Mike Flanagan was given these properties, I think he would really nail it. That's funny because I, I think that Twilight Zone might not be in his wheelhouse. He does more of a, you know, personal thing, not twists. Twilight Zone is more of a twist show. It always kind of worked for me for Shyamalan and Jordan Peele because their movies are mm-hmm. twists. They they're basing themselves off a twist. Yeah, you know? but you can't Whereas put Flanagan him in... is a story about people. Yeah. But every time it's people in these situations. He's a different. He's he's different. Yeah. But I feel like if, I mean, he's one person I would trust to take over something as beloved as the Twilight Zone. Yeah. But I, that's why I'm really excited if he finally gets to do what he wants with Dark Tower. Yeah. It's it's one of those properties that deserves to have a good adaptation of it. And it got that really bad one. Uh, we still haven't seen it, by the way. But uh, I've heard we're nothing. Because so reluctant. But, yeah. We don't want to. I, I want to see it. I want to see everything. But uh, yeah. All right. So you want to move on to we're going to rank what we think is the episodes the best best yeah i'm gonna say the the best starting um at the top um the best to the least best i'm not gonna say worst because there's no bad episodes here um but my my favorite episode of this show has to be episode number two the mask of the red death the imagery in this episode was so freaking mind-boggling and it was just all about just um debauchery and there's so much like beauty and the debauchery and I, I can't really explain it without spoiling it but it was just a beautiful well-directed episode and i loved it that was my favorite one it's definitely the one that hooks you and what's really unique about it is you start realizing that each episode has a theme mm-hmm. uh, either dedicated to poe's writing but it also has color schemes and there is a certain uniqueness depending on who the character is who's the focus Mm -hmm. and the show will revolve around that that episode and that's really something that grabs you i had that at number five at number five Mm. wow it's the one that hooks you but i think it keeps getting better from that okay well my um second favorite episode was murder in the room org um that that was the one that you're describing carla gugino's monologue (laughs) 
that was well no the monologue i was talking about was actually from the second oh was it okay the, the room morgue is incredible it, just, there's some acting in the end and also yeah. some use of uh fright yeah. that is really great yeah uh that is my second as well okay okay good um so then i also uh for number three i put episode number seven the pit in the pendulum um that episode just had me just cheer like almost on the edge of my seat like cheering i, I can't explain it without spoiling but yeah it was it was a great episode it's satisfying satisfying yes it's a really interesting episode because yes. it has a satisfying um ending to one thing yes but uh yeah, it uh, also has a really interesting color scheme. I will say that Henry Thomas is really going smarmy. Like, the most smarmy, most it's, aggravating it's, human being on the earth yeah, when you get to that episode. Top. And so it might be a little too over the top mm-hmm. for some people, so I see that as well. I put that as number four. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, for my number four, I, I chose number five, episode number five, The Telltale Heart. I put that as three. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, that actress is great. She is. She's fantastic. Great. And uh, the, there is the one moment of getting Bruce Greenwood to show him a little more emotional. Yes, that was the episode I was like, oh my God, I think he actually almost shed a tear. He, he does, and but, that's um, great. Yeah. Um, it's film. Awesome. That is very giallo. It is. Episode. It is. There's and a- I think that's why I love it. Um. So you had that at number three for yourself? Yes. Okay, so I had uh, the next episode that I love is number four, and that was The Black Cat. That one was interesting. It was different. Uh, Yeah, that's another great actor doing some really good stuff. There's some cool... I think this is the most Poe-feeling episode That's what I was going to say. I was like, I felt that in this one more than the other ones Some in some instances it felt like a more of a short story it did yeah it did um and where'd you have that one six oh okay okay what was i on one two three four five um yeah that was my number six my that my number six we're going from best to least best so yeah um so the one after that i had episode number one which was midnight dreary because like you said that was just kind of like a setup oh wow you had it at number one no, I have that as eight. Oh, okay. So it's your least favorite. It was the one that was, uh, it's just, it's starting it out. It's trying to hook you, but it doesn't really successfully get you there. Mm-hmm. I think the second one does that. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So that was my least yeah. favorite overall. Okay. Midnight Jury number, that's episode number one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So then I had next, I had uh, number six. That was Goldbug. Goldbug. Mm-hmm. And where was that on yours? That was number seven for me. Okay, same. So your least favorite is what? My very least favorite is The Raven, the last episode. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. The last episode, and you know why, because I was telling you about it. It is my favorite. It is number one for me. Okay. This episode does so much. Okay. All right. I I mean, yeah, we can talk about it later, but I mean, there's, um, yeah, a lot happens. And also all the poetry. Yes. It's awesome. It's been It is. A, there's, like I said, there is no, the not imagery. one bad episode. Not one bad episode. All of these episodes are great. But when I'm going from, you know, my favorite to my least favorite, I'm going to say that the Raven episode number eight was not my favorite. It was um, my least favorite because 
there was just a couple of missing elements for me and then some things that I felt should not have happened. Yeah. But otherwise, that yeah. That's, that's why it. I liked it because it didn't back away from what it was doing. Mm-hmm. And it could have. It could have easily done something. I actually thought it was going to do something, but I was really happy it didn't. I was really happy that it went full on commit. Yeah. So, what is your overall rating of the show? Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? Um, what do you give this out of ten? We usually do uh, one out of ten. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I've been thinking about this since we finished it last night, and uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed the show so much that I'm giving it a nine. Giving it a nine, straight mm-hmm. up. Um, this is one of the weirdest things I asked you. Should we rank? The four shows that we've seen of his. Okay. Well, I didn't really know. <laughs> I didn't do that. Yeah. I didn't do that at all. I'm not like thinking about that. I only did it because I have loved these shows. I, I do too. And, you know, The Haunting of Hill House, yeah. um, Haunting of Bly Manor. I will say that if I had to choose between, say, one, two, and three, um, I'm going to say that this one, this one was just freaking rad i loved yeah, it this is a shock for me because it was a very bad big toss-up between haunting of hill house and this show yes agree yeah and i actually think this might edge out right now overall because when i watched the haunting of hill house it blew my mind yeah same um but i think this one edges out because of that Every show, by the way, I'm just gonna say this: if you watch this, and if you watch *A Haunting of Hill House* for the first time too, look at the backgrounds as much as possible. Mm-hmm. They hide stuff. Yes. This show actually does it too. Yeah, they do. It hides Edgar Allan Poe all over its shots. Yeah, everything from stained glass to books to whatever. There's references all over the show. We didn't even talk about half the actors, by the way. They're all. Great. Yeah, there's tons. There's tons um, of actors. It's an ensemble. Like I said, it, it's it is an, an ensemble cast. Everybody gets a moment to shine. Yes. Everybody gets a great bit. Um, but yeah, this uh, this was the first time I was like, you know what? I think this might edge out just because of that love letter to this poet. Mm-hmm. And it, it, some people might say the opposite of that, but I, I completely disagree. I think that it was beautifully crafted. Just every scene, every shot, every reference was flawless to me. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't get enough, and I didn't want it to end. And it made me. And this is why I give it a nine. It made me want to go read everything Edgar Allan Poe again. Mm-hmm. I did when I was a kid. I would love to go back. It made me want to do that, and that to me is a successful adaptation. When it makes you want to absorb all of that writer. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that if you're going for anything, that's what you're going for. Yeah. So it yeah. It, it, it falls to that top spot for me. Of course, Midnight Mass is the one that is the lesser for me of his shows. Yeah. I I, underst- I loved it, though. Well, we did not care much for the ending. We didn't like the ending too much. Over time, I've thought about it a lot, and I've given it more. But that show is the one show of his that has maybe... The opening is the best, and the ending is the part that I didn't like. Yeah. It's the first time it reverses. But th- that is a, also a very amazing show of acting and writing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Blind Manor's right in the middle there for me. 
Yeah, yes, yeah. I, I agree. I, I love it. Now, you have to do me a huge favor, and you have to go and do your segment, Why We Can't Have Nice Things, and you have to go and read some of this nonsense. I, you know, I don't want to be upset. Go but... read some of these one stars for us, Joe, because you're going to be floored. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. There's a theme in these one star reviews, and Stop. it's baffling. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> you have to grab one of these. They're crazy. I, I went on there and I saw a lot of... Again, this is why we can't have nice things. Is Joe's segment on our other show, um, Talking Trash, where we're trying to figure out why people do the things they do. And it, it's this thing where people always say 10 stars or one star. There's okay. never a flaw or it's just the worst thing I've ever seen. And I hate it. Now, we did give this a high review. I'm already annoyed. Yeah, so. there, there is a shitload of people fighting in these in these uh, reviews, either one stars or ten stars. It very rarely falls in the middle, but I will congratulate anybody who does give it in the middles, five, sixes, whatever. I'm fine with that. When I see one star for directing, for acting alone is nonsense. But please... I hope you grab one of these ones that I saw. Yeah, I'm already pissed off, so I was in a good mood. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Just but, read one for all me. All right, here it is. One out of ten. Flanagan does it again, all right. Another trash series. After the admittedly excellent haunting of Hill House, except for the awful finale, he's now made three absolutely terrible shows. The Failure of Blah Manor, Midnight Mess, and now The Fall of Quality TV. Midnight Mess contained endless scenes of people having long, extremely long, nonsensical diatribes, diatribes that would terminally bore any normal person. Now we have this new trash emulating another trash show, Succession, featuring the biggest lowlifes ever seen on TV. So he's referencing Succession. Which I did too. And I also hate that show. But anyway. Oh, jeez. Um, Usher has, again, endless worthless conversations about nothing. In particular, we easily bowed out after the first episode. I didn't have much hope for this, but I didn't think it would be this bad. If anybody is looking here for any type of horror, they will be sorely disappointed. Actually, if you're looking for any type of entertainment, then you should seek it elsewhere. You'll only find trash drivel. Avoid at all costs. Oh, God. There's a lot of downvotes on that one. I uh, So you didn't find the ones that I was talking about because there's a theme in these one-star reviews about it being too sexual. Okay, yes. A lot of unnecessary sex and nudity, which I'm not going to read those because I no, think I, sex and nudity are fine. We can already just... That's a that's a big, big um, uh, segment of it. And I noticed that it is the certain political side, like I said. But what I really love is the sexual thing because that is odd. Yes, I will say the characters are very you know stuff that's behind closed doors they are doing stuff but let's face facts that's happening yes it's stop happening. acting like it's not happening yeah like get over it and also there's a lot of people referencing that this is a ripoff of succession there are several reviews that reference that um okay whatever um i, I can't read anymore because i'm getting mad yeah, and real fast uh, for anybody listening and her hearing joe say she hates succession what joe really hates is the characters the characters are terrible people, and that's why you're saying it. The show isn't okay, terrible. Okay, let me it's rephrase. Excuse me. Okay, let me rephrase. I don't like a show where the characters have zero repercussions for being pieces of trash. Well, okay? we can get to the end, so we don't know. 
no, but they're already disgusting people. And it's just like the Dunhams or whatever you call them on Yellowstone. I can't stand it because you're going through episode upon episode upon episode of five seasons of just trash humans. It's like, how much trash can you possibly fucking watch? So my question to you is, why do you like this so much? That's exactly what this is. I mean, yeah, but Trash there's cup, there's comeuppance. Don't you understand that? This oh, but we never different. got far enough to see the come. We could see that it's there. Okay. You knew they were setting it up. This is different. There's a couple of reasons why, but you can see what I'm getting at, though. But you, yes, but it's also a different. Um, I don't know what it is, but when you have a okay, I'm just gonna say there's a villain set out to make sure that these people get their comeuppance. Yeah. That's different it's than different. Yeah. Succession or saying, Yellowstone. The, the fact that someone's saying, oh, it's a ripoff. It's, no, Succession is a ripoff of actual high society rich people. Yeah. So stop saying that. It's not, yes. I wouldn't even call it a ripoff. It's an age old tale. I mean, friggin' A, Scrooge mm-hmm. is that character. You yeah. know, it's just so ridiculous to say that. It's very interesting to see people reacting to stuff. I really love hearing about the guy saying that he found dialogue boring. It's it's amazing. That's why people, the, the Fast and the Furious franchise makes so yes, much money. Yes, that's what he's a, he's a twit and he can't pay attention. It, that's it's what like it is. a guy's pouring his heart out in a dialogue, an entire monologue of just pouring his heart out and people are complaining. Yeah. And it that floors it's me. It's like you shouldn't be to watching me, this kind of stuff if you have no common sense or any uh, attention span whatsoever. Yeah. You know, just go watch Vin Diesel movies. You'll be fine. <laughs> fucking twit all right sorry it's the truth i think we ranted about the show and uh the ideas and stuff that we love and hate enough yeah you know i mean people who have listened to this podcast have actually known that i have a complete and utter disdain for the show yellowstone and there's reasons (sighs) oh my god don't start that people like it i'm just saying they, they that's fine i'm not i'm not downing anyone if you do but there are reasons that i don't like the show i'm with and, you on this you know so i'm just saying i'm not putting anyone down when i'm saying that you can people, like what you like we all do yeah you like what you like i like trash so i mean i watch trash cinema like it's my job but we know it's trash yes indeed but some people can't do that i'm just saying that um i, I just want to give one shout out because i didn't mention this at all one more shout out one more good thing so you can get me out of my hellhole of ranting of about bad things. Anyway, this, I'm not even going to say she's a child. She plays one. But her name is Kylie Curran. And she plays Lenore. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was yep. brilliant. Another, another person who's worked with Flanagan before in Doctor Sleep. Yes, she's she the, has. the lead. Yep. And uh, yeah, she was fantastic. Fantastic. It's very nice to see her again. Yes, and I'd like to see, she's just a beautiful girl and she's got talent and um, I appreciated her acting in this. It was great. Yep. One of the highlights of the last two episodes. Yep. That's what I got for you. Yeah. This um, show is fucking great. You know, I, I was going to suggest that we uh, should have done a couple TV shows that we watched recently, but then that would have gone on for two hours no, when we talked dinner. about uh, Ahsoka. You promised to make me eggs. And you know what? I'm going to tell you. Ahsoka. I, Wait, no, don't start. I'm just going to say we I, probably I could have done its own episode on that too. You think? Because I don't care enough. That's exactly what I would like to talk You'll about. You'll be talking the whole time and I'll just be like. <laughs> well, you already know how Joe feels so we don't have to do that episode. <laughs> All right. You know what, everybody? Thanks a lot for listening. Have a good one. Uh, we'll see you on the flip. Reality's not what it used to be. All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream.
for example. Do you see them too? Daydreams. Because I'm not sleeping at night, but that's... That's an edge. As those who dream by day are cognizant of many things which escape those who dream only by night. Grandpa, are you okay? I am. I'm fine. I'm just... It's been quite a week.